Good morning. I heard about this mom. She had two small boys, and they were known for mischievous behavior. Anytime there was trouble, they were surely part of it. So she decided to take them one at a time to their pastor. Can you believe that? And the pastor said to the first boy, Where is God? Where is he? And there was no reply. He said again, Where is God? And the boy sat there silently, didn't say a word. The third time the pastor asked the boy, the boy bolted out of the door and he ran home as fast as he could to his brother. And this is what he said to his brother. God is missing, and they think we did it. You know, the glory of the Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts as believers, we know that God is not missing because of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Jesus promised this day that the Holy Spirit would come to the early believers and would change their hearts, their lives, and the world forever. From Acts chapter 2, which Katrina read so well, we read of that moment that something like tongues of fire comes and it rests above the early believers. And then that, that sound, that like a roaring wind coming. That's the Holy Spirit making known its arrival. And that Holy Spirit, which had created faith in the early apostles' hearts, that same Holy Spirit was going to ignite a Christian movement that would change the world forever. Let me just share with you how it has changed the world forever. Do you know that the Christian church is growing leaps and bounds throughout our world, everywhere in the world, except one place, the Western world? The Western world, meaning the United States, Europe, and Australia. Everywhere else, the Christian growth that's happening is either underground or above ground. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, people are coming to the knowledge of Jesus as Savior and Lord. So today I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit being that third person of the Trinity, sometimes we're afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit is just misunderstood. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we have to keep in mind that we're also talking about God. The Holy Spirit is God. Just like I talked about in the children's message, three persons, one God. Now, that's like a mathematical mind-bender, I know. <laughs> three persons, one God. But yet, that's how God reveals Himself to us in the Scriptures. 
When you look at the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is always pointing people to Jesus. That's the main job of the Holy Spirit, is to create faith in the hearts of people, to point people to Jesus alone as Savior and Lord. And also, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we have to keep in mind that the Holy Spirit has always been here. There wasn't a time that the Holy Spirit wasn't in existence. In the book of Genesis, we read about the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. In the book of Numbers, in the Old Testament, we read of the Holy Spirit coming down upon the 70 elders, those leaders that helped Moses out, and dwelled in their hearts. King David talks about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has always been, because the Holy Spirit is God. You know, Jesus promised this Holy Spirit, and when Jesus makes a promise, he keeps it. He always does. And he did in Acts chapter 2, as we see it come about. So what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? I want to go through some of that this morning as we see the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is the reason that we have this book right here. God's Word, all 66 books. These words, we are told, are God-breathed through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit entered the lives and the hearts of the men who wrote these words, and they were God's words given to men to write down. But the Holy Spirit used their different gifts, their talents, their place in history through time and events to bring this true story to life for us. You're familiar with this passage, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is what? Can somebody fill in the blank? God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When you pick up the Bible, whether it's in personal devotions, Bible class, a small group, or you hear the Word of God read here in the Lord's house, That is the Holy Spirit at work. So you're reading the book? You know, I read that 88% of Americans own a Bible. That's amazing. Do you think 88% are reading it? (laughs) No. We need to because that's how the Holy Spirit works. Through the Word of God. The Bible says... Something very interesting about the Holy Spirit. Describes the Holy Spirit as being our comforter, our counselor, and our advocate. So I'd like to talk about those things. First of all, that those names right there come originally from a Greek word. And it's parakletos. And so you'll hear that name paraclete, which refers to the Holy Spirit. That's what that refers to. 
So the Holy Spirit comforts us. Do you need comfort today? You know, some days we just need it more than others. You know, I I shared with the Bible class today how my son the other week uh, when we were in Florida for a few days, he was just having one of those days where he stubbed his toe, he hit his shin on something, he dropped his pizza on the concrete at the pool, and you know what he said? He said, Daddy, I don't think God likes me anymore. (gasps) You know, we have days like that as adults. And it's in those moments that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. What else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit counsels us. Hey, the best counselor in the world is not Geraldo or Dr. Phil or Oprah. The best counselor in the world is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is there to guide our lives, to give us direction so that we know the difference between God's way and our own way. See, Jesus promised that this Holy Spirit would come. We would not be left alone. Then, for advocate, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Do you ever feel like you just need somebody who's pulling for you? Somebody who's there for you no matter what? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does as our advocate. In Romans 8, it talks about the Holy Spirit being our advocate and how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we don't even know what to pray for or where to begin or which end of life is up. You ever have those moments? It's like, man, all these things are happening. Well, the Holy Spirit has not left you alone. He's on your side. He's not against you. Another thing that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, and this gets overlooked. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin. Sin is not very popular to talk about today. If I were to be invited, and I'm almost certain this will never happen, but if I were ever invited... Uh, to be interviewed on CNN or MSNBC or one of these stations, and they were to ask me about the basic tenets of the Lutheran Church. And I started talking about law and gospel and all of that. When I would be talking about the law, I'm almost certain that they would say to me, boy, you have a mean-spirited religion. How could you ever say that these people are sinning or that this is wrong? Isn't that what we hear in our world today? But the Holy Spirit clearly points us to, hey, this is God's way, and then this is sin's way. You ever feel like your conscience is speaking to you? Like, hey, that's wrong what you just said. That's wrong what, what you just did. That's wrong what you didn't do that you should have done. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you as a baptized child of God so that sin does not destroy your life. That's what sin does. Sin, unchecked, unrepentant sin, drives us further and further away from God. And it's not that God goes anywhere. Sometimes we wonder, where is he? He hasn't left. We're the ones who left him. 
And so the Holy Spirit convicts us that something's wrong so that we then repent and turn back to the Lord and His ways, which are always best. So the Holy Spirit confronts sin. I think of uh, Adolf Hitler prior to World War II. There were nine million Jews that lived in Europe. And slowly but surely, he started to wipe them out in a methodical, evil way. And it was like the world was blind to this. And they let that evil and that sin go unchecked. And people would say, oh, you know, he'll stop sooner or later. That's what they said. Educated men and women saying, oh, he'll stop. And guess what? He never stopped. Until when? He was confronted. But it took so long. And do you know... Europe started off with 9 million Jews, and then after Hitler was done with all this unchecked aggression, he had wiped out two-thirds of them. Evil, unchecked, even in our own lives, leads to more evil. And by the way, if you want to stir some things up, start talking about sin as evil. (laughs) Man, they'll think you're crazy. But yet, that's what God calls it. And so the Holy Spirit is there to really save our lives and our souls. To convict us that there's forgiveness of sins through Jesus. Remember, the Holy Spirit points us to the cross of Jesus, that there's mercy, that there's forgiveness, no matter the sin. In fact, the only unforgivable sin is the sin against the Holy Spirit. And that has traditionally been interpreted through God's Word as being unbelief until your dying day. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit creates faith. The Bible says that. You have that faith. And the question is, are you living that faith out? We can't come to faith on our own because of three problems. We're spiritually blind, we're spiritually dead, we're spiritually enemies of God. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can even have faith in our lives. The early apostles used this gift of faith to impact and change their world. And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. Hey, go and read sometime the rest of Acts chapter 2. The whole chapter there on Pentecost and what happened. Peter gets up there. He starts preaching this sermon. At the end of the sermon, it says 3,000 new believers were added. I've always thought, wow, I wish I could preach a sermon that good. (laughs) You know? But you know who was leading and guiding every single word that Peter said? It wasn't Peter. It was the Holy Spirit working through Peter and his faith. That same Holy Spirit works in you and can work in you in ways that it even did the early believers. Do you believe that? And are you sharing that faith? 
You know, when Jesus gave us the Great Commission, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you, for surely I am with you always, even until the end of time. When Jesus said those words, he knew that we would have the Holy Spirit there to help us. We would not be left alone. I see the Holy Spirit at work in our church, in our academy, through our satellite church, Rhythm City. I see the Holy Spirit at work through all the many different ministries here, Haiti and and all the rest. The Holy Spirit is looking for willing people to serve and follow Jesus and point others to Him. And we should be prepared to do that. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 3.15. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because in the end, it's about eternity. Where people will spend eternity. I want to share with you some startling stats. That's what I call these things. And after I read these, you tell me if we don't need to seek the Holy Spirit more than ever before. Listen to this. 200 million Americans don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. They may own a Bible, but do they really believe what it says? In our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, since 1980, we have lost... 500,000 members. That is staggering. Just unbelievable. Do you know what the average age is of an LCMS Lutheran today? And my hunch is it's, it's in probably most mainline denominations, very close to it. You know what the average age is? 66. Yes. The Holy Spirit is ready to do some work. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit works through the church, through the means of grace, and through the sent ones. And that is all of you. It's all of us. We're the sent ones. And our mission and our calling is unique. Because our mission and our calling as the sent ones... It's never done until Christ comes back again. It's never over. The work goes on. The cause endures. And Jesus is coming back again. The apostles at Pentecost, they understood that. The early church understood that. And do we. I want to close with this. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit has given all believers in Jesus Christ at least one gift. You may have a myriad of gifts. Perhaps it's teaching, perhaps it's leading, perhaps it's wisdom and knowledge. And the Bible doesn't give us the exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. If you want to look up spiritual gifts, if you want to write this down, you can go to Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. It doesn't give us the exhaustive list there. 
But the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts to use to point other people to who? It's the children's sermon answer. (laughs) Jesus. Because that's everything the Holy Spirit ultimately does. It points people to Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's what it's all about. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts and our lives and our church as a body of believers. Amen? Amen.